0: Good morning, a warm welcome to everyone in the sanctuary this morning and to everyone watching online today or later in the week and a warm welcome to David Loosley who joins us on the organ this morning. I also extend a warm welcome back to the Reverend Alan McKenzie who will be conducting the service today. Alan it is great to have you back at St Indians Old this morning. A few intimations for your attention Mr McIntyre is conducting communion services in Cowie and Plain Church and bannet Burnallen Church in his capacity as Interim Moderator. A sincere thanks to everyone who has taken a gift to church today. These will be given to the Salvation Army and distributed to children and teenagers at Christmas. Those who are going to the Christmas lunch at the golf club on Tuesday are asked to pay the remaining balance today. There will be a joint church lunch followed by carols singing in the Park Church Hall on Wednesday at 12 noon. There will also be a joint church carol service in the Church of the Holy Rood next Sunday at 6.30 p.m. The following carol services will all take place at 2.30 p.m. Monday the 18th of December in Roseley Court Care Home, Tuesday 19th December at Westerlands Care Home. Wednesday 20th of December at Echoes Court. People to help with singing would be very welcome. The flower calendar for 2024 is now in the main vestibule of the church. If you would like to give flowers to the church, please put your name and contact details against the Sunday of your choice. Thank you.
1: Good morning. morning. Oh, we've definitely got sound. (laughs) I'll have to whisper. (laughs) It's lovely to be with you again today on this, the second Sunday of Advent. As we approach our worship, some words from Psalm 95 leading us into our first hymn come then let us praise the lord let us sing for joy to god the god who protects us let us come before him with thanksgiving hymn number 59 o come and let us to the lord 59 Let's bow our heads in prayer. Let's pray. God summons us to worship. Who but God knows, but the paths before us may be rocky and dangerous. Nevertheless, God always goes on before us. There are new places to visit and fresh angles to view familiar places. Wherever the path may lead us, God is always there. Lead kindly light. Yet, O Lord, we acknowledge that we often falter and fail. We have sinned against you and we have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away all our wrongdoings and cleanse us of all our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation through Jesus Christ our Lord. Loving God, giver of every good thing, we ask you to accept our offerings laid before us today and all that we offer to you each and every day of time, talents, and resources for the building up of your kingdom of love, peace, justice, and joy, here in our church and community and throughout the world for which Christ Jesus died. And along with our offerings of today, O God, Accept and bless all the gifts placed under the Christmas tree. May they bring happiness and pleasure to families and children who may be struggling with life today. And bless our brothers and sisters in the Salvation Army. And let's join together in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, Well, we come now to the lighting of the second candle on our advent wreath here. And I'm wondering if there's anybody would like to give me a hand to, to light it. Any youngster over there? Would you like to have a go? I used to be in the Boy Scouts, but I've forgotten how to light a match. So come on, <laughs> give us a hand. And you've got it easy because we've got a taper here. Now, it doesn't matter which of the red ones we light up. The big white one, that's for Christmas Day. Okay, so any of the other red ones? There you are. Thank you. Are you all right there? You're an expert at this. Have you done it before? No. No? Well, well done. Thank you. Thanks. O Lord, as we light the, the Advent candle today, we ask that you will give us patience. Patience to remember that the Christ Jesus who came at Christmas shall come again. And we pray for our troubled world, that there would be peace in the world. Amen. Lots of things happening today, so I really have to keep an eye on this order of service. <laughs> oh, well. The Gnome's Tale. I think things are getting Christmassy now, do you reckon so? <laughs> I've noticed in the supermarkets that the Christmas music's now started. Lovely Christmassy layout here, and oh, so the wise men come to visit. Yeah, and Mary and the little baby. But there's something out of place here, isn't there? What's not Christmasy here and shouldn't be here. I reckon it's the penguin. Do you reckon? I'll hold him up so you can see him. Does he deserve? He's a wee bit upset today because he's not got his sidekick the polar bear with him today because the polar bear's away to Saudi Arabia at that big conference and climate. He's worried about the ice <laughs> melting. But he's brought along something else that doesn't look very Christmassy. A gnome. A gnome. And the penguin tells me that there's a story behind this gnome. There we are. Would you like to hear the story behind the gnome? Yeah. Yeah. And the penguin's in it as well, but no polar bear. Okay. Well, the other day, the penguin went into one of our big supermarkets. I better not name which one. And the supermarket, of course, was full of all sorts of Christmassy things. And the penguin was wandering around looking to see what he might buy for Christmassy presents. And he came to a shelf that said, special Christmas goods and gifts. And you know what he noticed on the shelf? A gnome. Elfs are one thing. They're a kind of Christmassy thing, aren't they? But gnomes, do you think gnomes belong to Christmas? No, No, I don't think so. Well, the penguin noticed as well that the poor gnome, where's his eyes? Oh, you can't see his eyes because the hat's right over his eyes. But if you can imagine his eyes up there. Okay, can you imagine his eyes? There were big tears streaming down his face. Oh, oh, say, oh dear. Oh Oh, dear. (laughs) Good for you. Good on you. So the penguin said to the gnome, what's wrong? And the gnome said, it's these other things on the shelf. These other things. It's the candle, the candle, and the selection box, and the star, the beautiful ornamental star that lights up. They've been saying nasty things to me. Oh, can you imagine what they might have been saying? You're not Christmassy. Get off the shelf. Oh, and the gnome said, Yes, they've been really quite nasty. The candle said, You can't light up. You can't light up. You could have tried to light him up, but he wouldn't light up. You can't light them up, and you can't give light. So you're not Christmassy. And the selection set box said, Huh, and you're not chocolatey. You don't taste nice. You wouldn't taste nice. So you're not Christmassy. And the twinkling star said, I'm Christmassy. And do you know what the penguin said back to the star? Well, you're kind of Christmassy, but some things say you're really a comet. (laughs) that should fly across the sky. So a great big argument had broken out in the shelf. And all the Christmassy things were arguing with the gnome, and even almost getting into a fight with one another. That would be a terrible thing especially when Christmas is meant to be about peace and goodwill for all men and women and gnomes. Well, the penguin looked at what was going on and said, well, it's just not right that you Christmassy things should argue with one another and with the poor wee gnome. It's just not right. Because Christmas is all about love. And a wee baby, we've got him here, a wee baby coming down and been born in a manger, God coming down from heaven to be among us all. And I think that's enough theology for just now. So, peace and goodwill at Christmas. So can you guess what the penguin did? He gave the gnome a gnome. <laughs> Took him home with him. Took him home with him. And said, don't worry gnome, come come springtime, we hope, when the sun's beaming and the rain's all stopped and the flowers are beginning to come out, you can have a home of yourself in the garden and there will not be a Christmassy thing to be seen. A happy gnome, because he's been given a home and peace on earth, goodwill. And well as the penguin left, he said to himself, I suppose these Christmassy things that we're fighting... I guess I'd better forgive them, eh? Better forgive them. So let's sing, I'm allowed to leave it here, just for just now, among these other things, eh? The nativity scene. Why not? We'll tuck him over here. Oh! And let's sing our next hymn, 316, Love Came Down at Christmas. 316. 316. Our scripture readings this morning are read for us by Mr. Robert McNeil. Thank you very much. And our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, verses 1 to 11, on page 600 of the Church Bibles. Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 11, page 600 in the Church Bibles.
2: Good morning. Comfort, comfort my people, speak tenderly to Jerusalem, and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, and that she has received from the Lord's hands double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out, And I said, What shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail, because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, Go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid, say the towns of Judah. Here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock. Like a shepherd, he gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Our
1: second reading, our Gospel reading this morning, is drawn from the Gospel according to Mark, chapter 1, verses 1 to 11, on page 29 of the New Testament section of the Church Bibles. Mark chapter 1, verses 1 to 11.
2: John the Baptist prepares the way. The beginning of the gospel about Jesus Christ, the Son of God. It is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you. Who will prepare your way? A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John came, baptizing in the desert region and preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins, that they were, they were baptized by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel hair, with a leather belt round his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me will come one more powerful than I, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee, and was baptized by John in the Jordan. As Jesus saw coming out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open, and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Amen. May God bless these readings from his Holy Bible. And to him go all the praise and the glory. Amen.
1: Thank you, Mr. McNeil. Let's join together in hymn 277, Hark the Glad Sound. 277. May the words of my lips and the thoughts of all our hearts be acceptable to you our Lord and our Redeemer A man burst onto the scene like a blast from the past the man whom we call John the Baptist the central figure in our gospel reading that we listen to today Who was he? Why is he often remembered in churches during the weeks of Advent, in many churches in the second week of Advent? And what has he to do with the Christian story, the Christmas story? Well, who was he? The Gospel of Mark starts by telling us that the good news of Jesus began in a way with his story. But it also tells us that John would have been seen by many of the people listening to him, listening to his preaching, as a bit of a blast from the past. And the writer of Mark's Gospel makes this plain to us, and shows us that they weren't far from wrong. For he quotes from the ancient prophecies of the Old Testament to link John to the past. The words that we heard Mr. McNeil read to us this morning. I am sending my herald ahead of you. He will prepare your way. A voice cries out in the wilderness, Prepare the way for the Lord. Clear a straight path for him. Words drawn from the ancient preaching of the prophet Isaiah, combined with some words from the prophet Malachi, in fact. The Jewish people for centuries had longed for the Messiah to come and to rescue their people. And now they were being told that this rescuer, this savior is about to come among them. And John is the one chosen to prepare the way, prepare the way for the Lord. The voice of prophecy had been silent in the land for some 400 years, but now it could be heard once more once more thundering loud and clear through the preaching of this man, John, a blast from the past. And the impression that so many had that John was a prophet was reinforced by the clothes that he wore and by his austere, simple lifestyle, a diet of wild honey and locusts and his suddenly appearing out of the desert as if from nowhere all typical of the behaviour and the appearance of some of the old prophets, a stereotype, if you like. Though, actually, while it seems a monstrous diet, a diet of honey and locusts, some nutritionists today say it would actually have been quite nutritious. I wouldn't have liked to live on it, would you? And like the prophets of old, John wasn't coy, about issuing stern warnings. Repent, roared turn away from your sins and get yourself cleaned up, cleaned up spiritually and get yourself to show you mean it. Get yourselves dunked in the River Jordan. Get yourself baptised to show it. Yes, get yourself spiritually cleaned up for there's another on the way John declared, another who is greater than I am, the Messiah, Christ. And that other person was, of course, Jesus. And while Jesus had already been born when John preached, he hadn't yet embarked upon his mission of love to the world, but he was on his way. However, It's perhaps worth remembering this morning that John's preaching contained some very down-to-earth words about the sins that marred the society of the time in which he lived. Mark's Gospel doesn't bring this out, but in its account of John's preaching that we find in the Gospel of Luke, we find John telling his listeners that the better off must share with the less well off, Tax collectors must not fiddle the books to their advantage and soldiers must refrain from oppressing the local civil population and certainly must not loot their goods. Can you think of three things, maybe, that John would have condemned had he been preaching today? I think the report this morning in the 8 o'clock news about the gulf between the better off in our society and the richer would have been one of them, just as he thundered at the people of his day. It's up to all of us to sit, to search our consciences. John wasn't soft in sin. In fact, his preaching on this was to lead to his death. You may well know the story, I suspect you do. John spoke out against King Herod Antipas for divorcing his wife to allow him to marry his brother's wife, wife number two. And wife number two wasn't happy about John speaking out on the subject. So she came up with an idea. During King Herod's birthday party, Her delicious daughter impressed the king with some sort of dancing that was better than anything ever seen in Strictly. (laughs) Definitely did. And King Herod, no doubt drunk, wanted to award her a prize of whatever she might ask for. And King Herod, I don't know if he was surprised or not, but the prize that was asked for was John the Baptist's head on a platter. And so John met his end. It's a gruesome tale, much beloved by many who love gruesome tales and horrible histories. And you find it in Luke chapter 14. But it reminds us that to speak out can be dangerous, sometimes deadly, as Jesus himself knew. John ended up with his head on a platter. Jesus Christ ended up on a cross. But wait a minute, did I say ended up? No, he didn't really, because the cross wasn't the end, was it? He rose again. And here is another difference between John and Jesus. John majored in his preaching on condemning people for their sins. Although to be fair, he told them to turn round, meaning of repent, to turn round and be forgiven. Jesus, on the other hand, didn't just preach about forgiveness of sins. He forgave sins. As we sing at Christmas time, child in the manger, infant of Mary outcast and stranger Lord of all child who inherits all our transgressions all our demerits on him fall as we read this morning Jesus actually came to John and although Jesus himself had no sin within himself he insisted in John's baptizing him why did he do this? I think we could put it like this. Jesus was in effect saying, by being baptized, although I do not need to be baptized for any sins, I am standing beside you, alongside you and with you in your own self. Yes, and on the cross he was to take all of our sins upon his shoulders he identifies with sinful humanity. And that baptism was sealed by the Holy Spirit coming down from heaven upon him and a voice declaring, You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. So we can think of John as a blast from the past, but also as the man who pointed ahead to Jesus, and to the work that Jesus would do, the forerunner, the herald of the King, who is our Lord and Saviour, whose birth we remember at Christmas. And with all the links that there are between John and Jesus, it isn't surprising then that many churches give John a special remembering during Advent, in many cases the second Advent candle. But as for ourselves, John is also an example for us to learn from. Though he himself would have had reservations about the idea of us learning from him. Because he was a humble man, he knew his place in the grand scheme of things. For example, saying that he wasn't even fit to take off Jesus' sandals to be a slave to Jesus but at the same time we can learn from his outstanding bravery in the face of wrongdoing and as a man who always pointed to Jesus rather than at himself. And so as we remember John, let's pray that the Holy Spirit will give us courage to speak out and wisdom to know what to say when we are faced with injustice of whatever sort. And to point others to Jesus, the Lord and Saviour of all the world. And to God be all the glory. Amen. Hymn 273 O come, O come, Emmanuel Hymn 273 Let us pray our prayers for others, for ourselves. Thank you, God, for men and women like John the Baptist, whose integrity opens up the way for you to work in human lives through the moving of the Holy Spirit, working in the words that they speak. We thank you that such men and women are not a thing of the past, There are such people today. We pray for ourselves and for all Christians that we may have a clear vision and firmness of purpose to be salt and light in the society in which we live. Lord, hear our prayer. And we pray for those who have been particularly selected and chosen to tell out the good news – ministers, missionaries, members of the diaconate, elders, youth leaders and others. But we acknowledge that we all have a part to play in pointing others to Jesus and building up the church. Give wisdom and strength to us all. Lord, Hear our prayer. We pray too for everyone whose name will never hit the headlines, whose personalities are not especially magnetic. Give them even so a proper pride in being brothers and sisters of the risen Christ and that there is a purpose a place and a plan for them in their lives. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all who at this Christmas time are finding the way hard, the ill and the bereaved, those filled with doubt as to whether life is worth living, Those struggling to make ends meet, the confused and the depressed, and so many others. We pause and we pray our own personal prayers in a short time of silence for any who are particularly upon our hearts. And we remember victims of war and disaster, victims of the many dreadful things happening throughout our world today, including the 800 or so Christians in Gaza sheltering in two churches at this time. Lord, may the light of your love Brighten every hearting heart. Give hope and joy and comfort and peace to heart, mind and soul. Lord, hear our prayers and answer them in the power of the Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Saviour. Amen. Him 191, Do not be afraid, for I have redeemed you. Hymn 191, O Lord our God, at this Christmas season, may we be drawn closer to you. Set up your kingdom in our hearts, in our acts, this day and every day, in the words that we speak, the thoughts that we think, the tasks that we attempt, and in our fellowship with one another, may your kingdom be advanced. And the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you, and with all whom you love, now and forevermore.